Ahoy, and welcome to the Jolly Reader. I'm your host, Captain Book. Okay, we're getting into the end, the final part of One of Us is Next by Karen M. McManus, part three, chapters 21 through 34, pages 254 through 372. Summary of part two. Also, like, obviously, go back and watch the first two episodes. Watch? No. Listen to the first two episodes. I don't even think my husband's listened to the second episode, so if you haven't, don't feel bad. But uh, yeah, go do that because this recap's like really tiny. So Maeve's awkward truth about Knox comes out. Maeve and Lewis have an awkward date and they have an awkward fight. She finally tells her parents that she might have cancer. Brandon was dared to jump off the roof at the construction site and he didn't make it. And they think someone may have messed with the joist. (laughs) And I still have not learned how to use that word correctly. So, things to look forward to. Romance. We all know how I feel about that, so I don't know if it's really things to look forward to. Explosion. It's not plural. It's one explosion. Whatever. Twist ending and a second twist ending. It gets crazy. I really like this book. So, I would definitely highly suggest reading this book if I were you. Anyways, live your best reading life. Okay. Chapter 21, Maeve, March 23rd. Maeve, Phoebe, and Knox all meet for lunch. And an unimportant but odd note, Knox is eating two peanut butter hot dog buns. It's just two hot dog buns with peanut butter in it. And he's like, it's just bread. That's still, mm, just, okay. Knox is a weirdo, whatever. So Knox, also like, I really want to know if you've done this. Maybe I'm the weirdo. Maybe I need to try it. So Knox tells them what Nate had told him about the construction site not being sound, and he thinks that maybe Sean planned it. So Maeve's not too sure about this because Sean doesn't think too much ahead, and like, I don't know, I guess she maybe just doesn't think he's smart enough for it. They do decide that maybe it was planned, the death, because everyone knows you take the dare. So that like Brandon would have been targeted like, oh, of course, he's going to take the dare. So if I dare him to jump on this thing that I tampered with, he's going to die. So then they're talking about why Brandon might be targeted. So I don't know, random, but like Maeve decides to unblock the notifications from that thread with Bayview 2020 and Darkest Mind to try to see if she gets any information on why they might dislike Brandon. And then Phoebe mentions that it could just be bad construction because the construction company did go bankrupt. That's why it's unfinished. Okay, so I said it could just be bad construction company, but this is a murder mystery, so I doubt it. So as they're all talking, Maeve's gets a phone call from her doctor. Drum roll. She doesn't have cancer. Like, I spent half the book worrying about this, and she just does not have cancer. So there you go. Blah. So then she asks about the bruising and the nosebleeds, and they're like, uh, yeah, you're iron deficient. Aren't we all, girl? So they're like, we're going to give you some vitamins, whatever. You're going to be fine. More frequent checkups, whatever. You're fine, girl. You're fine. So biggest of who cares. So then Maeve talks about how she's used her cancer as a crutch that she's always leaned on, and she would get away with pretty much anything. And even Knox forgave her with the truth or dare game when he thought the cancer was back. So she sends a text to Lewis. It says to read page 260 and 261. And then my next note is lame. Lame. Look, I got all labeled. It's a lot of reading today. Okay. It'll be worth it. Let's see what she says. Hi, Lewis. It's Maeve. I've been meaning to thank you for the video. It was helpful. Also, I'm sorry for what I said. And I put my post-it right over 
where I need to read. I'm sorry for what I said at Cooper's game. I didn't mean it. Not that this is any excuse, but I was having a bad day and I took it out on you. I'm really sorry. I'd like to talk more sometime if you would too. Because of who cares? Chapter 22, Phoebe, Thursday, March 26th. I'm sorry. I just, I can't. I can't buy into it. Okay. Phoebe's in the bathroom where there's some writing about her. You know, Phoebe Lawton is a blah, 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 blah. So then Jules walks in and they have this short conversation. And Phoebe basically says she feels bad for Sean for losing his best friend, even though Sean doesn't act like he cares at all. And Jules says that she doesn't want to talk about it. And Phoebe brings up that anyone could have fallen through the roof. What a coincidence that it was just Brandon who jumped first. Because like Phoebe knows it was a dare and Jules was there. But Jules doesn't know that Phoebe knows that. So Phoebe's just trying to get information. So Phoebe says something about, well, she just like blows it off. She's like, I'm not talking about it. So Phoebe says something about meeting up with Maeve and Knox. And Jules just makes this like snarky comment about a menage a trois because the school's awful and she's awful and everyone's awful. So anyways, they she walks out of the bathroom, starts making out with Sean. Gross. So Phoebe's at the cafe and Lewis and Maeve seem to be getting along again. And one of the waiters says a note was left for Phoebe. Spoiler alert, it was by a really intense guy who they think is Derek. I'm going to read the note. 267. Burp. Okay. I'm just going to pull my post-its as we go. Okay. The note says, what's with the disappearing act? We need to talk. Meet me at the gazebo in Callahan Park at 530 today. Do not, all caps, ignore this like you've been ignoring everything else. So Phoebe thinks it's Derek like leaving the note because he was trying to contact her on Instagram. But also his messages to her on Instagram have been fairly kind. So it's like kind of weird that this note's really aggressive and like intense guy's been kind of aggressive. So the waiter describes this person as brown hair, pale and kind of tall, which fits Derek's description and everyone else's. Like my husband's blonde, but his hair looks can look brownish and he's pale and he's tall. Josh, did you do this? He better be listening and smiling right now to that. Okay, anyways. Uh, okay, so Derek, she pulls up his Instagram. He doesn't post any selfies, only of food and pets and basically all I post of. So she can't show the others a picture to confirm because like Maeve and Knox and the waiter all saw intense guy come in. So she's trying to like confirm if it's Derek. So she's like, whatever, let's go meet up like this note said from afar. And there's this whole thing. I don't even think I have in my notes, but Knox brings binoculars and everyone's making fun of him, whatever. So anyways, they look to see if it's Derek. Oh, this is Phoebe, Knox, Maeve, and Lewis. And I have a jingle noise. I'm thinking maybe Darkest Mind thinks Phoebe is baby 2020 when really it's her sister. And darkest minds who left the note that's what i said so we'll see if i'm right or not spoiler alert most of the time i'm right so we'll see chapter 23 may thursday march 26th they go to this park to see who wants to meet and they're too far away so Knox and phoebe decide to get closer with the binoculars up in this like tower at the playground Meanwhile, Maeve and Lewis are making up and making out in the car. And I said, I guess they're like dating now. They like recline the seat and start making out. Hello, you're on a stakeout and this person could be a murderer, but we're just not going to worry about that. We're just going to kiss each other. Priorities, people. So anyways, Phoebe texts Maeve and she's like, it's not Derek. I don't know who this is. So then Phoebe walks up to the car and she's like knocking and she's like, hey, you guys stop freaking humping each other and uh, I'll distract Knox while you button your shirts up. So <laughs> unknown guy walks past. 
or not walks past, he drives past and Knox grabs Phoebe and like kind of like pulls her into his shoulder. So guy in car can't intense guy can't see her. He's driving a blue car. They, of course, instead of calling the police or any of this nonsense, they decide to follow him because why not? It's a young adult murder mystery novel. What else are we supposed to do? Chapter 24, Knox, Thursday, March 26. Lewis, oh, I, they were going to follow him. And now I have Lewis and Phoebe went home. Okay. Oh, okay. They explain it. Like, we don't know. We're not in the story. This is after they followed him. So Maeve and Knox are at Knox's house and they follow the car, got the license plate numbers, and they followed him to this old farmhouse, which they're like assuming is a rental. The name when they search the license plate number, which is that like common knowledge? Can just anyone search a license plate number and get like address and phone number? Because I don't know if that's true. Anyways, it comes up with the name David Jackson. So they do some Googling. They can't find anyone that would be like the right age or whatever. Then Maeve gets a ping from that revenge forum and it's from Darkest Mind. It says, F you Phoebe for not showing up. Yeah, I used your name. We had a deal. Okay. So Phoebe's not here for this, obviously. So this is just Maeve and Knox. So they put together the Darkest Mind and the texter for the Truth or Dare game are the same person. Shock face. Yeah, we know. I known that for two episodes. They don't really talk about Phoebe being Bayview 2020, but like obviously he said her name. Knox said Phoebe was generally like shocked or genuinely shocked and didn't know who the person was at the park. So that'd be like kind of weird. But also if they were talking online, she wouldn't know what he looked like. So, but they talk about how maybe Darkest Mind is being jealous and uh, like Phoebe being with Brandon and with Derek. And this is like a revenge form. So like if he was obsessed with her or something that would give him like motive for all this. So Knox asks what Brandon could have done that would make anyone hate him enough to kill him. I have Ting. I think he was involved in Phoebe's dad's death. Anyways, we'll see if I'm right. So they start hacking Knox's mom's work computer to find the case like last time that his parents were talking about how Brandon it showed Brandon that he can get away with whatever trouble or whatever so they're trying to find Brandon's case see what he did to see who has motive so then his sister being Knox's sister Kirsten shows up and Knox is outside to like distract her it's super awkward and drawn out while Maeve downloads like these two files from the right time period to herself and we don't know what they are chapter 25 phoebe thursday march 26th okay phoebe gets home and her mom's not there just owen and emma and phoebe talks like to us she's narrating about how before her dad died they didn't have much money and then right after he died they had a lot of money like the mom took them to disney world and stuff and now they're back to having not much money because obviously like phoebe and emma share a room and they live in this apartment etc etc so phoebe's Notice that her sister's been stealing her mom's alcohol, which is stored under the sink. So Phoebe, when she gets home, she looks under the sink and the last bottle is gone. So she's hoping that Emma will just like stop drinking because she's such an introvert. She won't find a supplier to like someone to go buy her alcohol. We'll see. So anyways, Phoebe goes to check on Emma because like she says to like the past week or however long she's had to like clean up after Emma and cover up for her or whatever. So she goes to check on Emma and she hears a gurgling noise and realizes that Emma is choking and she's like passed out on the bed. She sits Emma up and is like hitting her back and Emma starts throwing up all over Phoebe and all over herself. And then like Owen runs in and Phoebe's like, call 911, say our address, say someone has alcohol poisoning. And he does that, but he like doesn't understand what alcohol poisoning is because he's just like 
12 or 10 or something. And he's like, who poisoned her? And Phoebe's like, just give me the phone. And Phoebe's like asking the operator, what do I do now? Like, oh my gosh. So they're trying to figure out like what's going on. She, she says to us, like, she wants to know what's causing, like what's really bothering her sister so much that she's drinking to this excess. Cause like, it can't just be over Phoebe ignoring Instagram messages from Derek. And then Emma's barely breathing and an ambulance is on the way. And she's like, who could do this? Who could have poisoned like Emma's mind this much? Chapter 26, Maeve, Friday, March 27th. <laughs> okay, so my my note says, let's get through this filler chapter so we can really get to the interesting stuff. Sometimes I read like two chapters at a time and then I do notes, especially when I know it's like going to be a filler lame <laughs> chapter. So... I had already read the next chapter and I was like, let's get to it. I promise this book is crazy. Like this is a really good ending. I was really happy about it. So May finds out that Emma's going to be okay. She's off of oxygen, but she's still getting fluid. She's like in and out of consciousness. And they're talking about like maybe rehab for her. And then Maeve's with Bronwyn. They're, it's like supposed to be this nod to the last book, but I'm like, big who cares? Who's dark as mind? So she's talking to Bronwyn. And Bronwyn's like, I can't believe you wouldn't tell me you thought you had cancer, blah, blah, blah. Maeve's like, I didn't think I was going to live through high school, but like now I'm going to start getting attached to people and like open up and we got to just wrap this up before the big plot twist comes. So it's like a turning point. Big who cares? So then Nate pulls up on his motorcycle to pick up Bronwyn because Ashen and Eli's rehearsal dinners tonight and they're going to some after party and he took care of Maeve and their end game. The biggest of... Who cares? Chapter 27, Maeve, Friday, March 27th. Maeve and Knox are across the street from the house that Intense Guy lives in, in the coffee shop, because they're like stalking him, I guess. I don't know. And Maeve hacks into one of the reports from Knox's mom's computer, but it's like nothing important, totally irrelevant. Then Knox asks about the note that was left for Phoebe, because when Phoebe got the note, I think Maeve just like reads it aloud to the group. Knox is asking like, were there any initials left? Like anything that would indicate who this person is. So Maeve's like, oh, I took a picture of it on my phone. Here, you can look at it. So Knox like freaks out and he's like, I recognize this handwriting. This is the same handwriting from the threatening notes that Eli's been getting. Okay, I know like before I was like, if this is important, I'll come back and explain it. Don't worry, I totally explain it. Just wait it out. So... David Jackson is the one who's on the license plate information. They thought the threatening letters to Eli had to do with this case that had to do with a police officer. So Knox is looking up the case to see if there's a Jackson related to it. He's like searching it. He finds out that Officer Ray Jackson was the defendant accused of assisting Sergeant Carl in blackmailing and framing 17 innocent people for drug possession. And this Ray Jackson's currently in jail. So they look up the, like, I think pictures from, like, news articles to see if there's any of, like, family members or pictures of Ray to see, like, if David... Because they think, like, the license plate is the dad. And then they think, like, whoever's driving it is probably the son. Because they say this person's, like, a year older than them or, like, maybe in college. Okay, read page 305. A week before his arrest, Sergeant Carl commended San Diego University students for excellence in community peer mentoring. Ironically, one of the at-risk youths 
receiving peer mentoring was Ray Jackson's younger brother, Jared, 19, on probation last year for petty theft. Program officials said Jared Jackson excelled in the program and now works part-time for a local construction company. Before I go further, just so you know, I use the voice thing to take my notes. And the only way I could get it to write Jared was to either say Jared or be like, Jared. That's the only way I would type it correctly. So I was like, Jared, uh, the brother. <laughs> Gosh. Okay. So anyways, back focused. So they find a picture of Ray, like probably from his arrest. And they're like, oh, this has to be Jared, Jared's brother, because they super resemble each other. This super resembles intense guy. Like Jared is our person. So they believe intense guy slash dark as mine is Jared Jackson, brother of kid addressed in this cop thing that Eli worked on. Hope we're all on the same page here. So they try to get a hold of Eli because I think uh, you're in danger. And he has his phone turned off for wedding weekend. So they're like, well, we'll just tell him in person because we're going to this after party thing anyways. But they have like some time before the party. So Knox Googles Jared Jackson now that they have a first name. And he was arrested for stealing from a convenience store right after he graduated high school. And then he did the mentoring program, which I just read about. And then he started working for a construction company. Is anyone else screaming? Because he worked for a construction company and Brandon died because a construction site was tampered with. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We'll see. We'll see. So then they find out that Jared's dad has like currently has lung cancer and they lost the house after the brother went to jail and his mom committed suicide from an overdose on sleeping pills on Christmas Eve. And they are presuming a suicide over the brother's arrest and she didn't leave a note. That was a lot. Like, did we really have to add the Christmas Eve? Like, <laughs> bad enough already. Okay. So now who they know is Jared is leaving the house because they're sitting in a coffee shop across the street. Then after he like pulls out, Maeve gets a ping alert on the Vengeance is My form. And it says, TikTok, time's up. Guess I'll just effing do it myself. Darkest mind. So Maeve and Knox decide to follow him because he's up to something. And who needs the police? Chapter 28, Knox, Friday, March 27th. Maeve is tailing Jared. See, in my notes right here, it says J-E-R-R-I-D. Jared! So, okay, Knox is looking through, like, he's on Maeve's computer, but he's looking at what they got off of his mom's computer, and it's a settlement on, okay, oh, okay, everyone, stop your cleaning, because it's about to get crazy. Focus. It's a settlement on the behalf of the Eagle Granite Manufacturing Corporation, the accidental death of Andrew Lawton. That's Phoebe's dad. The executive vice president at the time of this Granite Manufacturing Corporation was Lance Weber, who's Brandon's dad. Read bottom of page 311. Take this time while I'm opening my book to like buckle your seatbelts because holy moly. Mr. Lance Weber acknowledges that on October 7th, which was Take Your Child to Work Day at Eagle Granite Manufacturing Corporation, his 13-year-old son was present on the manufacturing floor. Despite repeatedly telling him to stay away from equipment, Mr. Weber's minor son mounted a forklift and operated its controls for what one worker reported as a five-minute period. The same forklift jammed shortly thereafter while transporting the slab of concrete that ultimately crushed Andrew Lawton. Brandon was 13, and this 
is motive to kill Brandon, obviously. And they're like, ooh, did Phoebe do this? <laughs> so Jared, who's dark as mine, was like chasing after Phoebe and trying to get her attention because she would have motive to kill Brandon. And Maeve just tries to say like, Phoebe, why? I don't think she's involved because why would she hook up with Brandon if she knew he was involved with her dad's death? Like things like similar happen with Jake and Simon in the last book. But like Maeve says that. But I don't know. That's kind of a stretch, right? Like, it'd be really difficult to go there. So I say, I think it wasn't Phoebe. It was her sister who was tutoring Brandon and maybe somehow found out that he was involved with the dad's death. That's what I say. So Jared finally parks because they've been following him this whole time. And they realize they're at the rehearsal dinner after party. Like, they're at the restaurant that Eli and Ashton are having this party. So everyone we've met in every single book is there. Chapter 29, Knox, Friday, March 27th. So my first note just says, wow. (laughs) They follow Jared, who goes under the balcony where Eli's party is. So there's like a back area for the restaurant. And then there's this elevated balcony. And then the underneath is just like storage. Like there's probably like maintenance stuff. I don't know. It's like kind of fenced off. So anyways, there's like a hole because of course... And Jared throws a backpack under there and Knox is like recording the whole thing on his phone. And then Jared just like leaves and he drives off. So Maeve and Knox try to receive, receive, no, they try to retrieve the backpack and they open it up and they find wires and metal and spoiler, it's a homemade bomb. (laughs) So this is like kind of confusing, but like behind the restaurant, there's a bike path and then there's a tall line of bushes that's right behind that flower garden place that Lewis took Maeve. So Knox, like it's far too. They run. Maeve comes with him. She doesn't need to. Knox has a backpack. They run. He throws it over the bushes because no one should be over there because this party's nighttime. Like everything's closed, whatever. And when he throws the bag, they hear a familiar voice say, what the hell? And it's Nate. Because, like, Nate and Bronwyn are in the garden, and then they throw this backpack over, and Nate's like, what is this? And Maeve and Knox are freaking out, and they're screaming. They're like, run, it's a bomb. We're not kidding. Like, this is the real deal. Like, there is a bomb in that backpack. Get out of here. So they all start running back towards the balcony to the party, and Maeve and Knox get close enough to the balcony everyone's like looking at what's going on and they're like get inside there's a bomb and Nate and Bronwyn are behind them like halfway across the grass and then the explosion goes off and they see well this is Knox's perspective he sees an orange fireball behind him and behind the bushes and all he can see is white smoke billowing from where Nate and Bronwyn were standing chapter 30 Phoebe March 27th holy moly Okay, so Phoebe's in the hospital because her sister overdosed, blah, blah, blah. She finally overdosed, I guess. Yeah, okay. So she finally messages Derek and she's like, it's Phoebe, call me. Because she wants, like, basically to yell at him. We get that real soon. So then she's over here. Some nurses talking about how there's a bomb at this wedding thing and one boy was injured and whatever so phoebe's like uh i know everyone at the party what the heck so she runs down to the emergency room where everyone is and addy starts telling phoebe what addy knows happened we know more because obviously but Knox and eli and ashton are talking to the police mave's there she's like sleeping on lewis's lap uh, whatever so nate's the one who got hurt because when the bomb went off, he like grabbed Bronwyn and he took the brunt of the blast and it like 
messed up his arm. The bomb was homemade. It had like nails and stuff in it. Not good. Anyways, Nate's going to be okay. His arm's just jacked up. Addie also talks about how she hopes Nate can keep working so he can stay in his apartment because his parents aren't together, but his mom's helping his dad who's been in and out of rehab because he's an alcoholic and it's tumultuous. Whatever. We're just trying to wrap up everyone's stories lines, but we want to know who Bayview 2020 is. Okay. So Addie also says that they arrested Jared like the police did. So don't have to worry about him. So before we can continue on, Derek calls Phoebe. So she leaves the emergency room to talk to him. And she's like, what do you want? Okay, I can't even. He says, hey, since the party, I can't stop thinking about you. And I thought we had something special. And she's like, are you effing kidding me? And she goes on this huge rant about how Emma's in the hospital and falling apart because of what happened between them. And it wasn't special. It was stupid. It's just, it's kind of funny. This poor guy, though. So she's on him and she's telling him, like, how did you not think that this would get back to Emma? Like, who did you tell? Why were you running your mouth? And Derek, like, stops Phoebe from yelling. And he's like, I told Emma. I told her the day after it happened. Like, I felt really bad and I liked you. And Phoebe's shocked because we all are, aren't we? And here's the other thing, too, though. The truth came out. Like, Emma knew the day after they hooked up. This is way before Truth or Dare game. When Emma came into the restaurant, she was like, how could you sleep with my boyfriend? Meow. So Phoebe ends this conversation with Derek. She's like, you're an idiot. It's never happening. What is wrong with you? And she gets a text from her mom that's like, I need you in Emma's room now. So Phoebe's like, oh, she goes up there. Okay. Buckle your seatbelts again because oh my. So Phoebe gets there and there's a police officer waiting to talk to her. And they're like, we're not accusing you of the bomb because you were obviously at the hospital all night and we want your cooperation. Phoebe's like, okay. Jared claims to have met Phoebe because they arrested him. So they already interviewed him and stuff. He claims to have met Phoebe online in the Vengeance is Mine form in December and they bonded over family tragedies and agreed to take out each other's enemies. So now Jared, now it's spelled G-E-R-A-R-D. Jared! Okay. Jared claims to have fulfilled his end of the deal or this pack with the truth or dare game that led to Brandon's death. Jared used his background in construction to remove the supports from beneath the landing, causing Brandon to fall and die. In return, she was supposed to help Jared get revenge on Eli for putting his brother in jail. However, Phoebe fell out of touch. This is all according to Jared. Now it has Jerry. Oh my gosh. Okay. However, Phoebe fell out of touch with Jared after Brandon's death so he had to take things into his own hands hence the bomb at the party so Phoebe thinks it's insane to even think she would agree to hurt Eli obviously and she's never met Jared like this person and she wouldn't have wanted Brandon dead like despite him being awful like she did like him and she was like hooking up with him and stuff so she asks the detective why she's like why would i even want brandon dead the detective's like jared said you told him how brandon contributed to your father's death by causing the forklift to malfunction during a critical point in operation news to freaking phoebe right she had no clue that that's how her dad died so the mom apologizes and she's like i never wanted you kids to know i didn't think it was going to make anything better like knowing that's how he died and Phoebe obviously had no idea Brandon was involved in her dad's death. And she even says, like, later on throughout, she's like, he was 13 and he was a butt, but, like, I don't think death, like, a death for a death is not what I would have wanted. 
Okay. Now it says read page 335. Okay, so this just says, according to Mr. Jackson, that's Jared, the two of you discussed this in great detail. When you first told him about the accident, he looked you up online and saw media coverage of your mother's wedding planning business. That's why he proposed the revenge pact. He knew you could provide access to Eli. You were still processing a traumatic revelation when you met him the law understands that especially when we have your full cooperation can we count on that and she's like uh no she's like i didn't know him i don't know who this person is i didn't know any of this until the detectives got here and told me so the detective asks how jared would know who brandon was and that brandon was involved in the father's accident phoebe didn't tell him and emma like wakes up because it's in her hospital room and she's like i told him I called it. It was Emma. I knew it. Can't trust the quiet ones, you guys. So Emma says she pretended to be her sister because she was mad at her for something else, aka hooking up with her boyfriend. And she says that he never mentioned Eli and she had no idea that they even knew each other. She said she hated the truth or dare game and wanted it to stop. And Jared said he would, but obviously it kept going. And she says that Brandon wasn't supposed to die. And the detective asked what was supposed to happen to Brandon. And before Emma can answer, her mom's like, I think we need to have a lawyer present. Don't worry, we get a lot more detail. Chapter 31, Maeve, Saturday, March 28th. Okay, it's the next day and it's Eli and Ashton's wedding. But before the wedding, Eli tells. I guess Maeve, probably Maeve and Knox, like what little he knows. So Emma found the paperwork for her dad's workers comp settlement after Christmas. And she was so angry. She went and found Simon's old revenge form. And that's how she met Jared. And then Jared brought up the idea of a revenge pack. And she didn't like immediately shut it down. And then things get murky after that. So we'll get into that later. But Phoebe has no involvement, obviously. Nate's okay. He's in a sling. He has surgery on his arm. Him and Bronwyn are endgame, blah, blah, blah. They're kissing. Big who cares? Maeve's parents love Lewis, and Bronwyn's all jealous because she's like, they don't even like Nate. Yeah, probably because he broke up with you like 15 times. He's a drug dealer and he's toxic, okay? Lewis is just kind of a little bit dumb, but he actually has like goals and he's nice. And mm. So anyways, <sighs> Lewis is talking to Maeve, super like each other. They're going to go on more dates in nature, blah, blah, blah. Maeve's like, I'm thinking about doing that summer counseling thing in Peru with Addie. And he's like, whatever, I support you, but I'll miss you as long as we can still date. And then Maeve goes to talk to Knox. And basically, she's glad that they're still friends, even after all like the rumors and the truth or dare game and like all this is in the news. So like his issue will be brought up all over again and it's just resolving at the end of the book okay let's get to what we care about chapter 32 knox saturday march 28th okay knox goes to phoebe's house to talk to her and he brought her a piece of wedding cake (laughs) and the mom's like phoebe's not supposed to talk to other witnesses in the jackson case right now but the mom's like ah she could use a friend she's up on the roof oh but first Knox gives the mom a note from Eli who says that Emma should have good representation. Here's a list of lawyers you can use, whatever. And then Knox is like, I hope I can be the type of person who can be worried about a girl who allegedly was part of a revenge swapping plot to destroy me one day. (laughs) That is goals. Like, whew. So 
Phoebe's on the rooftop and we know Knox is deathly afraid of heights, but he goes up there anyways because he thinks Phoebe's hot, you know, like whatever. So Phoebe's crying because everything's a hot mess and her dad's dead. They were all involved in Brandon being dead, basically, because she blames herself. She's like, if I didn't hook up with Derek, my sister wouldn't have done all this and Brandon would still be alive, et cetera, et cetera. So Knox hugs her until she's all cried out. And Phoebe's like, your heart is racing. And he's like, yeah, I'm afraid of heights. Hello. And she's like, oh, I thought it was because of me. And Knox tells her like, "Uh, yeah, but you're way out of my league. It's super awkward and cute, but whatever. And she's like, before he can finish, she just starts making out with him and like tugging at his pants and stuff. And he like stops her and he's like, okay, you're like really sad. And I'm like really enjoying this, but you need to be in a better place before we like get into all this. And... She's like, okay. And then she's like, for the record, all systems were a go down there. So, like, you don't have to worry about that truth or dare game because I know the truth or whatever. <laughs> it's funny. Like, it's cute. Whatever. I don't know if I bring this up, but, like, Phoebe likes Knox. She's ready to pursue that, like, for real, not just because she's sad. So, anyways, Knox goes home. And he has a heart-to-heart with his dad. And his dad's company is giving Nate workers' comp for a while because of his arm. And he's like, that's really great. And dad's like, it's just policy. And Knox is like, you make the policy. Like, I'm trying to say you're really great, dad. Then Knox says he's sorry for cutting through the mall site. And he was just being thoughtless. But he does respect his dad. And his dad's like, you were smart and brave. He's talking about the day of the bomb. Even though I wish you kept yourself a little safer in that situation. I'm so proud of you and what you did. I'm proud of you always. And Knox is like, I haven't cried all week about this. And now I'm going to cry because my dad and his dad starts crying before he can and like hugs him in this big bear hug. Yay. Happy endings. Okay. Let's one twist ending. Are we ready for twist ending number two? Because you're not. I'm telling you, you are not ready. I literally, this literally had me guessing until it just like flat out told me what the heck was going on. Chapter 33, Phoebe, April 1st. And no, this is not an April Fool's joke. So Phoebe and her brother are staying with, oh, we got to get through this nonsense first and then we'll get to the, the big second reveal. So Phoebe and her brother are staying with the aunt. Phoebe goes to school and she's nervous because everyone's going to think she's responsible and Bayview's horrible, like blah, blah, blah. She runs into Jules and Sean, who are still making out. Like, when are they not? And Phoebe prepares herself for Sean to be awful, but instead he's just like, hey. Then Jules is like, go away, Sean. I'm talking to my girlfriend. So she starts talking to Phoebe. And Phoebe asks why Jules lied about the Truth or Dare game and that Brandon got hurt in. And she's like, we were scared and we didn't want everything to come out, like all the rumors and stuff. And he only hit, like, Sean only hit Knox because he was panicked and he was there. He wasn't trying to hurt him that bad. Like, I'm not buying it. Phoebe's not buying it. Like, whatever. Like, not that he was pan. He just hit Knox because he's an awful human being. You just want to punch someone. And then she's like, Sean's not that bad. He just has toxic male role models in his life. Like, I, I have no words. Like, he's disgusting. So anyways, they kind of make up. Big who cares. So later, okay, this is what we really care about, right? So later, Phoebe is with the lawyer who's talking to Emma. It's Emma's lawyer, obviously. And the mom's there, too. Okay, click, click. We need our seatbelts fastened because holy moly. So Emma starts saying everything that happened. She obviously was upset with Phoebe for hooking up with her ex. We know. Then, so she found out next day after it happened. This was at that Christmas party. Then she found out about her dad and that Brandon was responsible through the paperwork of the accidental death and the settlement and stuff because she was looking for something to see how much money her mom had for a college fund. I don't know. Anyways, she wanted to do something 
like to get back at Brandon. So she went to this revenge forum, which she even says this. It wasn't in the same place. Like she had to really go out of her way to find it. So then that's how she met Jared. And she claims she had no idea about him wanting to hurt Eli. And then Jared says he found that Emma's mom was working for Eli's wedding and he wanted to use her, blah, blah, blah. So Emma says all she knew was someone had ruined his brother's life and his mom killed herself because of it. So she like felt bad and she's like, okay, I'm in. So the plan was to hurt Brandon so he wouldn't be able to play football anymore. And then he would know what it's like to lose something important. That's still pretty bad. That's like really bad. So Emma says... At the time, it seemed fair. Okay, we'll get back to that. Then she said Jared came up with a truth or dare game because he liked the idea of using Simon's legacy of gossip and rumors and whatever. He was like obsessed with Simon. So first they had to make sure people were paying attention. They need like a big secret. So she provided the secret to Jared about Phoebe hooking up with the boyfriend. But he thought he was talking to Phoebe. So he's like, do you seriously want to use a rumor about yourself? So she pretending to be Phoebe says, sure, why not? It's not like I care about my sister. If I did, I wouldn't have done it in the first place. Like she is that mad about this. And by the way, her boyfriend likes the sister. Like he's just, he's, mm, I don't know more, but he he's very much in the wrong in all this. So anyways, Emma also helped provide the names of Sean and Jules because she knew they would like the attention and they would definitely play along. Maeve was Jared's idea because she was involved with the Simon case, blah, blah, blah. She doesn't know how he found out the rumor about Maeve and Knox, though. She doesn't know about that. So then Emma says, and she says this thing. She's like, I really like Maeve and Knox. I could never do that to him. But she like absolutely destroyed her sister's life for like not a very good reason. Anyways, so she says that Emma says that her and... Jared got in a fight and he said he would drop it and she they were talking on this like chat app she deleted it from her phone and she destroyed her phone with a hammer and threw it into the dumpster and then she started drinking because she's so stressed out about it okay problem solving skills not great so then the lawyer's like I have printouts of the chat app conversations you had with him and she's like I stopped talking to him on February 19th and the lawyer's like there's a conversation between Phoebe, quote unquote, and Jared that started up again on the 20th. Dun dun dun. Okay. Chapter 34. Phoebe. Wednesday, April 1st. Here we go. Get ready to scream. The book is ending on a oh my gosh moment. Emma insists that she stopped the conversation and that she's telling the truth. And the lawyer shows messages of this quote unquote Phoebe uh, apologizing for like the fight that Emma described and was like, I'm ready to continue with the plan. And Emma swears up and down, like even on her dad's grave, like I was not involved. I did not do that. And Emma's mom's like, well, maybe he wrote the messages to himself because obviously he's disturbed. And like the conversation is like really praising him and his great ideas and stuff. So they asked to read more of the conversation and Emma starts reading it. And so does Phoebe. Like they're just glancing over the paper. And to us, Phoebe kind of agrees. Cause I think Emma mentions this. Like there's too many LOLs and too many exclamation points for it to be like how Emma writes. Like Emma doesn't write like that. So at the bottom of the page, Phoebe says, this fake Phoebe, whatever, says the more bizarre, the better, right? LOL. And it hits Phoebe and Emma at the same time. Okay, so bizarre, it's spelt like bizarre, like shops, like where you go around a bazaar and buy things or whatever, not like bizarre, like crazy weird. And earlier in the book, Phoebe's helping her brother with a spelling bee and 
bizarre is one he misspelled that way and this would have happened before she correct him and then she's kind of like i'm gonna try not to scream she's putting it all together so phoebe says she says my sneaky brother always listening at our doors my tech savvy brother networking all our devices my lonely brother hanging out at the cafe where Maeve told bronwyn what happened between her and knox my scared brother watching brandon insult me my sad brother saying our family was ruined after emma and i thought about brandon my spelling bee brother making a rare yet memorable error and then they asked to see the last page again and the lawyer says the correspondence stopped the day of brandon's death i'm gonna read and we're gonna scream page 371 and 372 i'm just gonna say phoebe because that's like but we know it's fake phoebe it's really the brother owen that wasn't supposed to happen jared sure it was it's what you wanted phoebe i don't think i did jared he deserved it it's done you're welcome but we're only half finished now it's my turn hello say something don't you dare effing ghost me and that's where we know like rah. so both emma and phoebe kind of like communicate with their faces that they like figured it out and it's owen that picked up the conversation and then emma just says I think my mother's right. Jared is delusional. This is nothing more than him talking to himself once I stopped speaking to him. And nobody can prove differently, can they? The end. That's the end. Okay, lingering questions. I literally put, I don't even know. Just make something up at the end because this is crazy. So I don't, they wrapped it up pretty good. But like, okay, do we believe Emma because she's a psychopath? Like whether she wanted Brandon dead, like she had to go out of her way to find this forum, which was not easy. They talk about that multiple times. Then she has to talk to this crazy person and she agrees that hurting him to the point where he could never play football again was like a reasonable response to this. And I understand that she's mad that that's the reason her dad's dead, but he was also 13 and it's not like... He- Ah, he was being stupid and irresponsible, but he didn't like, if he knew that was going to kill her dad, I'm sure he wouldn't have done it. I don't know. And then she says she doesn't know about Eli. I don't know if I really believe that. Because like, she was mad enough about the cheating thing to just completely throw her sister under the bus. And then she's like, but I really liked Maeve. I wouldn't do that to her. Like, I don't, it's really psychotic. So I don't know, but... I kind of want to hear what you think. Like, if you think she knew about Eli or not, like, if she knew that was part of the plan or if that was Jared's thing on his own. And then, like, the whole bombshell with Owen. Like, of course, he's, he's like, a child. I don't know how old he is, but he's, like, 12, 10 or 12. But he's supposed to be, like, a genius. And they think, like, he... I don't know. He's trying to be the man of the house. He's trying to help his family. I don't... The whole thing is crazy. I'm screaming. Let me know what you thought. So, before we get to my closing, our next book was a request from the lovely Grace G. Okay. Normally, I would be like, "Mm, I can't believe you're making me read this book. But spoilers, it's The Box in the Woods. It's the sequel to the Truly Devious series. And it's by Maureen Johnson. And normally, I'd be like, okay, Grace, how dare you make me read through this again? But we've been messaging back and forth. And Grace was telling me, Thank you so much for doing the Truly Devious series because I read the first book. It was a cliffhanger. I want to know what happened, but the writing was terrible and I hate Stevie and I can't stand to read the rest of these books. So I decided to hate myself and take the hit and read The Box in the Wood for Grace and all of you. And I hope I do it justice. And Grace is awesome. 
So just throwing that out there. And I will message you back, go back and forth. I love book requests. I want to hear what you guys want. So before we go any further, I'm going to read the inside cover in typical dramatic fashion. Okay. Never open the box. You don't know what might be waiting for you inside. Amateur sleuth Stevie Bell needs a good murder. After solving the now famous Truly Devious case at her high school, she's back at home for a normal, that means boring, summer. Then she gets a message from the owner of Sunny Pines, formerly known as Camp Wonderfalls, the site of the notorious unsolved box in the woods case. Back in 1978, four camp counselors were killed in the woods outside of the town of Barlow Corners, their bodies left in a gruesome display. The new camp owner offers Stevie an invitation, come to the camp and help him work on a true crime podcast about the case. Stevie agrees as long as she can bring along her friends from Ellingham Academy. Nothing sounds better than a summer spent together investigating old murders. But something evil still lurks in Barlow Corners. When Stevie opens the lid on this long dormant case, she gets much more than she bargained for. The box in the woods will make room for more victims. This time, Stevie may not make it out alive. We can all hope, am I right, Grace? <laughs> Stevie, come on. Also, I haven't even started reading. It's probably this camp counselor person that's doing the podcast, right? Or maybe the... Okay, my two guesses. The podcast person who is this person let's see here it just says the new camp owner whatever either they're the killer or they're gonna die there you go solved it so there's that so in closing thanks for listening you can find me on instagram and facebook at the jolly reader podcast like i said i respond to messages i like book requests i'll comment back oh Shout out to the, my last comment because they're from Nebraska, where I'm from. So shout out to you. Hey, small world. Like hearing from you. Subscribe so you can get notifications when the new episodes are posted. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review to help other crewmates find this show. Share it with everybody that has books, that's seen a book, that knows what a book is. Just share. If you like secondhand embarrassment, stay tuned for the outtakes, and I will talk to you next time for part one of The Box in the Woods. Until we sail again, this has been The Jolly Reader. Bon voyage. I am shamefaced. I forgot to say, hey, you made it to the outtakes. Let's do it. So there's that. Sorry. Testing. How do I know? Okay, my video is working. Okay. Um, this is crazy, and I'm excited to talk to you about it. So let's check the test, I suppose. Hey, Rory. Rory, you're never gonna catch the fly. Come here. Ro! Ro! Anyways. Did you catch the fly, Ro? Did you catch it? She just went under the desk. Um, okay. So, oh, that's Sunny snoring back there. I was like, what is that noise? Okay, anyways. They don't really think... Or they don't really talk about Phoebe being paid. Um, what's the sister's name? It miswrote, and now I don't know what her name is. Emma. Holy moly, what time do I have to pick up Allie? Oh, I got time. Okay, I was like, I might have to stop recording. Okay, no. Okay. I am Allie, and you are with me to my mom.